Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. Welcome in. Happy Monday. It's Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, or maybe you're watching statewide television, SWX Montana TV. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Nuanas Now, your one stop shop for all things sports all around the Treasure State each and every weekday. A ton to get to, as there is each and every Monday. Let's get things started with the Montana Football Hour. We give you the best that was over the weekend, each and every Monday, first hour of each Monday's show. Usually, voice of the Grizz, Riley Corcoran, would join us, but he's not here today. I believe he was taken in a Broncos game yesterday. Uh, went down to the Mile High City and uh, watched the Donkeys get stomped. We'll get to that in hour number two. Marty Morningway is going to swing by for the Monday, Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Uh, so excited to have him in and uh, to rehash and recap. All of the NFL action. I actually only got a chance to watch a little bit of the second half of the afternoon games. And then, of course, Sunday night football. Jacked up for the game tonight as well. Uh, but we were driving. We were coming back from eastern Washington, uh, from Cheney, where we watched the University of Montana go to the red turf and fall 34-28. An awesome game. Uh, Andrew Houghton, SkylineSportsMT.com, as well as 
here at ESPN Missoula. He was with me. He'll join us in the second segment here today to recap that, uh, just all that happened over the weekend. We'll also get you all the way around the Big Sky Conference here in the Montana Football Hour and uh, whatever else we might get to, including this week's FCS Top 25 poll. And again, about 5.30, excuse me, about 5, Marty Morningwake swinging by. And then depending on how long Coach Marty wants to stay, we'll either have uh, Johnny Edwards, Grizz Greats, the newest excerpt, or... Some more Marty Morning Wigs. Either way, you're winning. You're going to get former Grizz quarterbacks the second hour of this show today. How about that? Hope you had an awesome weekend. I had a great weekend. Love road tripping. Love going around Big Sky Conference country. We uh, didn't leave till Saturday, so we went and took a stop in Coeur d'Alene and uh, pulled over there, watched some college football, including watching Montana State's 40-7 to victory over Northern Colorado. Uh <laughs> No big disparity, and only seven and a half hours between kickoffs between the Bobcat game and the Grizzly game. So we were able to fully watch and then cover the Cat game and then still go have some dinner in Spokane and then uh, make our way over to Cheney. So it was a fun trip. Appreciate Andrew as well as Blake Hempstead, Jason Bocci for rolling on through. You want to see pictures from the game? SkylineSportsMT.com. Go check those out as well. I got a bunch of photo galleries up there and also some great writings and other contributions as well. Time now for the Montana Football Hour. Most of the time, Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, will join me. But today, rolling solo for a minute before we bring Andrew Houghton in. But a ton to get to the ins and outs of this 34-28 victory by Eastern Washington to keep the Eagles undefeated and hand Montana their first loss. This was an awesome back and forth. It was a game where it wasn't necessarily a strength and a strength clashing over and over again. It was a strength having an upper hand for moments in time. Eastern Washington happened to be the one that had the upper hand latest. And even though Montana pretty much dominated this game after the first possession of the of the football game in which Eastern scored to go up 7-0, Montana basically suffered suffocated Eastern for the next two and a half, almost three full quarters going into the beginning of the fourth quarter. Then uh, Eastern just kept coming, kept coming. They did some stuff to adjust in pass protection to keep Eric Berry upright. The Grizz pass rush had been overwhelming. I think the official statistic, five sacks, but I had them down for seven. There was a couple when Barrier, quote-unquote, slipped on the turf. And it looked to me like he was just taking a nosedive because he knew he was going to get hit. He wanted the play to be over. He didn't want to keep running from the swarming Grizz. But here nor there, Montana put a ton of pressure on Eric Barrier. Eric Barrier did not back down. And then, in fact, Eric Barrier started shredding that pressure, and that was the windfall. That was the avalanche for Eastern Washington. They scored 21 points in the span of less than five game minutes to start the fourth quarter. Uh, Talolo Limu Jones, who was the, the star of the game, he was the player of the game for Eastern Washington besides their exceptional quarterback, Eric Berrier, who we'll get to in a minute. But Talolo Limu Jones had three, count them, three 50-plus yard catches that set up touchdowns. He himself actually did not catch a touchdown, but he he set up three of Eastern Washington's touchdowns, and he had an outstanding day. He almost he also dropped one that would have been surefire, probably a sixty yard touchdown. So uh, he he finishes with two hundred and thirty one yards receiving. That's the second most in Eastern Washington history in a single game behind who else? Cooper Cup. I never forget that game when Cup caught twenty balls for two hundred and seventy five yards and three touchdowns against Northern Colorado. Uh, Cup's marks, man among those that will never be touched. Um, but Lemo Jones almost did, and if he would have caught that 60-yarder, he would have been right there because he finished with 231. And I'm not really sure what the official yards would have been on the one he dropped, but he was right there. And so uh, an outstanding game by him as well. Montana 
when it got when their twenty one ten lead disintegrated, and they got into a back and forth. It wasn't so pretty for the Grizzlies, especially on offense. Their offense was uh, largely stagnant. Xavier Harris did rush for a career high in rushing yards, but uh, he did not have much going in the fourth quarter. And when he didn't have much going in the fourth quarter, Montana's offense had nothing going in the fourth quarter. Senior quarterback Cam Humphrey was limited to 150 yards passing. The Grizz were five or five of 15 on first, or excuse me, on third down. I'm getting ahead of myself because my great opinion is that they've been not that great on first down. That's why they've struggled on third down because they get into these third and longs. Aaron Best, who we'll get to uh, just a minute, head coach from Eastern Washington, he said, hey, Tim Rosebaugh, the Montana offensive coordinator, he likes to keep it on the ground. We, we're not going to let them dink and dunk. We're not going to let them control the ball in an easy fashion. You saw that. They primarily tried to take away Cam Humphrey's first read. Then they would also take away the automatic check down, which is the, the running back in the flat, which is a trademark of this Grizz offensive system. And uh, then it, uh, Montana's offense just didn't look good. They were just, it was almost like a glitch. Cam Humphrey couldn't get through his reads. Montana's offense has a bunch of playmakers. They're not adequately getting those guys the ball. They're relying primarily as the guys getting the main touches are a bunch of freshman running backs. And Xavier Harris is a great talent. Junior Bergen is a great talent. But where are we at with this Montana team uh, in terms of their ability to get their playmakers the ball? That's something that's been a struggle, and we're going to get into that. But more than anything, more than the criticism you could have for the Grizz offense, more than the shock, because I fully will eat crow on this one. I fully thought that Montana was going to go to Eastern Washington and they were going to destroy Eastern. I thought that their their defense would be too much for Eastern to handle. I thought Barry wouldn't be able to run around. And in this game, he really wasn't able to run around, but it didn't matter. He stood in the pocket. He stared down the barrel. He made all the throws. But more than any of that, more than the surprise of Montana and, and Bobby Houck after the game, which we'll get to him in just a minute as well, more than any of that, this was a quintessential football game that came down to making plays. And that's why sometimes in these post-game press conferences, you can try to hash out all these things. And there are so many details to a football game. There's so many ways that strategy can influence things. Play calling, uh, the personnel decisions that you make, the momentum of the game. What if we did this? What if this wouldn't have happened? That's why football is so fun. That's why it dominates talk radio. That's why there's so many things to talk about because there always is so many things to talk about. Sometimes in a game like this, though, it truly comes down to one thing. Who makes the plays and who doesn't? There's going to be moments, eight, ten moments in a given game where someone has the chance to make a ridiculous play. What if they do? What if they don't? To me, this game came down to Eric Berrier making all of the plays. When Montana times the absolute perfect blitz and Jace Lewis comes unblocked, free, and he crushes Eric Berrier, and Berrier still stands in the pocket, takes the hit from the preseason defensive player of the year in this league. I guess that would have been two years ago, but still a first-team all-league player in Jace Lewis, number 37 on Montana. And Berrier still fires an absolute dime to hit Talolo Limo Jones in stride for a 58-yard gain that then sets up the go-ahead touchdown. That's just two dudes making a play. That's just the best player in the United States of America making a play. So as much as you want to scrutinize and say, well, this is the, all the things the Grizz could have done to win the game, and make no mistake, the Grizz played well enough on special teams and on defense to win this football game, and they did not. They lost 34-28 to in Cheney, Washington. But sometimes you got to give credit where credit's due. We'll get to Bobby Halk, Montana head coach, in just a minute. But a couple pieces of sound here from Aaron Best, Eastern Washington head coach. This is the Montana Football Hour, which is presented in part 
by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference as a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana. Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means for you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and your neighbors. Here's Aaron Best's opening statement following the victory over Montana. Not normally this highly attended. Eastern home games. Must be a Grizz game. <laughs> um, Coach, what did you see on that last play of the game? Toss make a play. Toss make a play. He has made a ton of plays today. So of plays. How proud are you? You're uh, I'm pretty damn proud, yeah. to be honest, Coulter. Um, defense is what they hang their hat on. Uh, they had their way for some of the game, but not all the game. And I was excited about the fact that they had their defense. We had number three. And a lot of playmakers. And this, I do know, one of the biggest stars of the game was a backup kicker, one number 60, left-footed Jackson Cleaver, and hit multiple extra points, two field goals, one to put it to a six-point win. Very proud. One piece of contention I got here. This has nothing to do with Aaron Best or the result of this game. Eastern Washington's field, I'm not going to go down that either because that is low-hanging fruit. But the only complaint I have is not about the field because everybody's already complaining about that. It's not the blood red turf. When they wear their black jerseys with the red numbers, I can't see the numbers. I reported incorrectly the two, the guy who made the two field goals. I had no idea Jackson Cleaver was in the game because I couldn't read his number. I thought it was Seth Harrison. So apologies. Incorrect reporting on Twitter. <laughs> but regardless, you can't see Eastern Washington's numbers. Very frustrating. It's the Montana Football Hour. You're on Nuanas now on ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. The Montana Football Hour is presented in part by Brett's RV and Marine. The end of summer clearance sale is rolling at Brett's right now. Summer may be setting, but savings are on the rise. Brett's RV and Marine is proud to be the largest of all Montana RV dealers. They've been family-owned and operated for more than 50 years, so swing on over to 4800 Grant Creek Road and you start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer, in Montana. This was billed as the top offense in the country, Eastern Washington averaging almost 55 points per game against the top defense in the country. Montana had allowed two, count them two, touchdowns to opposing offenses in three games so far. The chess match wasn't as much of a chess match. It was just a, ba- a matter of counterpunching. Montana knew Eastern was going to throw deep. They knew they were going to isolate receivers against the blitzes. Montana knew Eastern was going to chuck it. It came down to, could Montana knock Eric Berry out of the game? Could they at least knock him off his rhythm? They hit him a bunch. They got to him a bunch. They had him completely corralled, and then they didn't. And he threw for 422 yards and two touchdowns. Could have been six touchdowns if he would have hit all four of those streaking passes that he had and or if Lemu Jones would have finished the deal. But Eric Berry, a transcendent player, one of the best players I've seen at the FCS level, period. And uh, that was on full display, as you heard Aaron Best say there. I was glad I had three, and they didn't. When it comes to the chess match, though, how did Eastern Washington protect Barry better, particularly in the fourth quarter? Oh, we knew it was going to be. I mean, they're a 60% pressure team. That, that's what they rely upon. And our, our piece was is be first down productive. productive. We ran the ball enough to be able to keep them honest. We protected enough. They're a man team, base man team. So if we get open, we can protect just long enough. Uh, we, we felt the receivers could take advantage of some of those situations. This just in, we dropped five or six balls. We dropped five or six balls. They weren't on just first down either. So we, we had some mistakes, some, some self-inflicted mistakes in the first half going into that locker room down. But uh, uh, our team is 
resilient. Uh, we've got a ton of leaders. Uh, they're not scared of anything, and uh, we're, we're, we're not going to get bullied, especially on our home field. So uh, really proud that that offensive line was missing a starter. You guys don't know that. Uh, we, we played down a lot of chips this game, and we are freaking proud of this bunch coming out on top by six points. We, this was going to be heavyweight bout. I mean, that's what it was. And um, we, we, we just scored six more points today. You know, the third down percentage on both sides wasn't great. Uh, but we were four or five on fourth down. That's going to happen. And uh, I like our chances with three against anybody on fourth down. I think you'd probably like your chances with three, EB3, Eric Berrier, against anybody. I was really thinking about this uh, while we were driving home yesterday. It was a long day. I appreciate everybody for rolling with us, um, those 8.30 kicks, man. We got out of the press conference post game at the strike of midnight. We had to drive back to our Airbnb in Spokane, and uh, so we didn't get there until about 12.45, and uh, that's Pacific time. We did not, uh, heads did not hit the pillow until 4 a.m. local time, so that would have been 5 a.m. here. So we went to bed right about the time the Grizz uh, were rolling back into town, and uh, so definitely a long weekend, but a fun weekend to be sure. And I can't complain. Got to watch an epic football game and uh, cover it. Uh, but after the, after these, uh, everybody's a little bit uh, sleepy, to be sure. I was thinking about this as we were driving home, though. It's Nuanas now on ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. I was thinking about the best quarterbacks I've seen at this level, at the FCS level. And first of all, it is a great testament to Eastern Washington and also sort of a referendum on everybody else that I can't believe that more programs haven't done this. I guess a lot of different things like uh, success or greed or TV money or uh, poor leadership or whatever. They get in the way of maintaining continuity and identity for long periods of time. No one really has ever done that unless they hand off the reins. North Dakota State ha- kind of has it rolling right now because it's been all Craig Bull disciples that have taken over there at NDSU. But, you know, from Mike Kramer to Paul Wolf to Bo Baldwin to now Aaron Best, the offensive philosophies at Eastern Washington have been largely unchanged. Therefore, then, when I'm sitting here thinking about the best quarterbacks I've covered in the Big Sky Conference, sure, there's been Daenerys McGee and Travis Lule at, Mon- uh, at Montana State. Dakota Prukop uh, probably in that mix as well, although he did not have the team success because he's playing on a team with a horrific defense. Um, you know, of course, John Edwards, early 2000s for the Grizzlies, uh, Craig Oaks, uh, Cole Berquist, those guys come to mind. You know, as good Big Sky Conference quarterbacks, Garrett Saffron at Sacramento State was a really good one. Jake Mayer, most recently at UC Davis. Case Cookus at NAU. You know, that's this is not to sit here and just name drop all these guys, though. For all of those guys, and I just named, what, seven to ten guys there from Big Sky Conference history? Most of, if not all of, the greatest quarterbacks that came to my mind in the Big Sky Conference in my 16 years covering the league all played at Eastern Washington. You might be able to argue a couple of those guys I just named are better than a couple of the guys at Eastern, but the best quarterbacks I've seen at this level are in order, 1A and 1B, Eric Berry and Vernon Adams, and I'm not sure which one I rank higher, but their ability, you talk about their athleticism, ability to stretch plays, the gunslinger mentality, all those things, but their ability not to not throw on the run, but to stand in the pocket and take the hit and still fire a strike down the field That's the one element that makes Eastern Washington's offense purely unstoppable. Montana had multiple occasions on Saturday where they sent the perfect blitz. They got home right on time. Eric Berry was planted in the turf, and yet the ball is whistling down the field, perfectly thrown, hitting a receiver in stride. Pretty amazing. And uh, that's why I think that Berry is right there with Vernon Adams. They're the only two guys with that attribute. 
Bull Levi Mitchell, he'll drop it in the bucket. The rain, man. I mean, he, like, made it rain. And he was Walter Payton Award winner. He was awesome. Obviously, Matt Nichols, Eric Meyer, those guys were phenomenal. But And Gage Gruber was amazing, too. But it's Vernon Adams and Eric Barrier that are two, the two guys for me. And uh, impressive to watch. A lot of times, EB3 is better than anybody you got. Here's Eric, uh, Aaron Best and then Kalen Kreiner, both on Eastern's star quarterback. It's the Montana Football Hour here on Nuanez Now. He's, he's motivated. He was a second-place finisher in the spring. No Walter Payton. He's motivated. He is. And I'm motivated for him. He's the best player in America at this level, bar none. I say it every single week. It's on display every single week. It's on film. It's on film. He's got gaudy numbers, and he's earned all those numbers because of his preparation. He's obviously talented, um, but he does what some people wish they could do, and I'm one of those guys who wishes I could do some of what he does, so I'm glad he's on our team. What's your perspective on your quarterback? How much do you get to watch Eric during the scope of the game? Oh, my God. I, I, I've said it before. Um, when, when you have three, anything is possible. Um, me, me and a couple of guys were even having this conversation the other day. There is no other player that we'd rather have in, in, in the whole college football, FBS, FCS, anything, to be the leader of our team in the quarterback position. I mean, the plays that he makes, that fourth and seven late in the game when he scrambled to Montana's sideline, like, come on. Like, he, he's just amazing. He, he's just amazing, and he's the he's – the, but people may not understand, he is the most humble, the most caring, the most, like, just down-to-earth person that everyone uh, that, he comes in, that he comes across with uh, just loves him. Kalen Kreiner, exponentially entertaining. Love talking to him. And, man, he bangs. About 5'9", 175 pounds, stick of dynamite. He's wearing that number four, which is a legacy number at Eastern Washington, and he proved it. I thought that Jack Settlebaugh and Kalen Kreiner – those two dudes set the tone for Eastern Washington's defense, which played a lot better than people expected, and I thought that was actually the key to the game. You could talk about Eastern's ability to protect Barrier better down the stretch. You could talk about their ability to get home early on. I thought the number one reason Eastern Washington won this game is their defense played much better than expected, and Montana's offense subsequently played much poorer than expected. Montana won the special teams game. Montana's defense did what you expected them to do, but the two factors that got Eastern Washington this victory was the Eastern Washington defense and number three, Eric Berrier. That's what's fascinating about college football, especially non-Power 5 college football, because there is the scenario where you could have the greatest scheme in the world, you could execute it perfectly, and the dude on the other side is just better than you. Eric Berry is just better than pretty much every player that he will face for the next several months. I was down on Eastern Washington this year. I, I thought they were going to be fourth or fifth in the big sky. I thought they'd be competitive, but I, I thought they would be that team that was sort of at the top of the second tier, trying to fight their way into the postseason picture, not a team that was a postseason front runner, a, a front runner for a seed. I underestimated them. They were playing their absolute asses off for Aaron Best, if they can harness that level of energy and emotion going forward, pretty impressive. But more importantly, I've sort of gravitated to away from my my feeling that uh, the quarterback position is of the utmost importance because I do think you can build Big Sky Conference and national championship caliber teams without it. And I think it gives you less of a chance for an error where you go all in on a guy and you try to build your entire program around him. That said, if you can get a guy like Eric Berrier, that is the X factor because he is that much better. He is that talented. Impressive. I've been sleeping on Eastern Washington. I'm all the way, I'm not going to say I'm all the way in on them, but I'm a full believer and I will fully eat crow because I thought Montana was going to go to Cheney. 
and destroyed the Eagles. That was not the case. Bobby Houck referenced exactly what I'm talking about. Just how aggressive Eastern Washington's defense was. A couple statistics for you here on the Montana Football Hour before we hear from Coach Houck. First of all, the Montana Football Hour is presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. When you bank with Stockman, you receive personalized customer service and your phone call is always answered by a live person. Stockman's highly skilled and personable bank staff is dedicated to making it easy for you to transfer your accounts and meeting your overall financial needs. Blending traditional Western values with modern conveniences and state-of-the-art technology, Stockman Bank provides time-tested products and services from people who truly care about you and your financial success. Bobby Houck now 7-2 and two, all-time against Eastern Washington. This was his first loss on the red and his first loss in Cheney. Of course, Bobby Houck left Montana following the 2009 season. Eastern Washington started playing on their blood-red Inferno turf in 2010. So he never had played there before. He's now 0-1 in the Inferno. Montana 0-6 all-time at the Inferno. Bobby Houck now, since returning to Montana, is 101-27 and overall. Seven of those uh, 27 losses have come on the road since he returned as the Grizzly head coach before the 2018 season. So Bobby Houck now 6-7 and seven away from Washington Grizzly Stadium in his third year of his second tenure, 14-2 and two at home. Grizz back home against Dixie State this week. We'll get you primed up for that a little later on. But here's what Coach Houck had to say after his team's first loss since December of 2019. Uh, it was a good game. Um, certainly... Uh... Uh, congratulations to the other side. They did a nice job. Uh, Coach Best had them ready to go. Uh, I thought they're, I, you know, everybody's going to want to talk about their offense, but uh, I thought their defense played really uh, an inspired game tonight, and they did a nice job. Uh, I really think that the game came down to uh, at certain crucial times, both sides had a chance to make plays and and they made more than we did and uh i'm sure uh that the the coaches and coach best and eastern are very proud of their team but i'm I'm proud of ours too because we had some things go against us um got down double digits and kind of found different ways back into it so uh it's a loss. We're one and one in the conference, and, and uh, not very happy about it. Coach, it was it was twenty one to ten. You get the interception on the short field, and then it leads to the block field goal. Was that kind of one of those possessions, one of those moments in the game that you kind of feel swing a little bit? Uh, no, that was a head coaching mistake. I didn't get the play call communicated. To everybody, we didn't have everybody running the same. Bobby, in that second half after the opening touchdown for you guys, it seemed the offense just kind of struggled a little bit. What were you noticing? You know, that, you know, just was it just kind of missed throws, missed, missed executions? What were you noticing there that the offense kind of stalled in the second half? Yeah, I mean, I'll have to look at it. I mean, we, uh, I don't know, I'll have to look at that. They made plays. I mean, it goes back to they made plays and we didn't. And uh, you know, we need to make a few more. I think that, uh, as I said, they played. They played. Uh, uh, I don't know what coach would tell you. I, in my opinion, that's the best they played on defense. Seemed like number eight, number four, set the tone for them defensively. Did you notice that? Yeah, um, I, I thought they were. I mean, they played really hard on defense. I. I I don't mean, I, mean, I haven't even looked at. I haven't looked at the tackle stats or anything like that. But they did. This, those guys did a good job. They they tried hard tonight. They came out with a win. 
your impressions of Eric Berry after seeing him in person? Uh, he's a good player. It's the same thing I've been saying all week. Uh, he made more plays with his feet tonight than he has. Uh, you know, good job by him. He showed some, uh, showed some real toughness running the ball. So there you go. Bobby Houck after his team's first loss of the season. This is the Montana Football Hour, presented in part by Brett's RV and Marine. You're listening to Nuanez now on 102.9 ESPN Radio, as well as maybe watching SWX Montana Television. Brett's RV and Marine, proud to be the largest of all Montana RV dealers. They currently showcase the best inventory in the state at volume discount prices. They also have a service department that stands behind their products. Brett's RV and Marine has been your favorite family-owned RV dealership for more than 50 years. You can enjoy shopping in their extensive RV parts and accessories department as well. All you have to do is head on down to 4800 Grant Creek Road and start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. More on the Montana Football Hour, including what happened in Bozeman. The Bobcats won for the fourth straight time. What happened around the rest of the Big Sky Conference and some reaction from another guy that was in Cheney, our Andrew Houghton. Keep it right here. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. The Grizzlies fell on national television while the Bobcats rolled easily at home. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. The University of Montana traveled to the Inferno to take on Eastern Washington in Cheney on Saturday night. In a back-and-forth battle between two of the top teams in the FCS, EWU scored 24 unanswered points to win going away 34-28 on ESPN2. Eastern quarterback Eric Berrier threw for 422 yards and a pair of touchdowns each to Andrew Boston. And Tololo Limu-Jones hauled in 11 passes for 231 yards, including a pair of 50 plus yard bombs to set up short touchdowns for the number one scoring offense in the country. The Grizz reached Barrier six times and largely stuffed Eastern's running game but Montana's offense struggled to get on track as senior quarterback Cam Humphrey threw a pair of interceptions including a pick in the end zone before leaving the game with a lower body injury. The loss drops Montana from number four to number six in this week's poll while EWU moved up from number six to number four after its fifth straight victory. Montana State won for the fourth straight time rolling up another overmatched opponent at Bobcat Stadium despite settling for field goals on three trips to the red zone in the first half alone. The Bobcats built a 20-point lead at the break and cruised to a 40-7 victory over Northern Colorado in Bozeman. Isaiah Fonse and Elijah Elliott each surpassed 100 yards rushing as MSU moved to 2-0 in Big Sky Conference play. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound.
on the other side. Feels good. Welcome back. Nuana is now 102.9 ESPN Radio, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. I'm Coulter Nuanez. Hope you're having a great Monday. We're having a great Monday because we're rolling through the Montana football hour, which is presented in part by Stockman Bank, as well as Brett's RV and Marine. Stockman Bank, they have 36 locations throughout the state of Montana. They're in Montana, only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking. Montana Football Hour, we're going to give you the best of the best from around the Big Sky Conference, particularly the Montana schools, each and every Monday for the first hour. Also, coming up in about half an hour, our good friend Marty Morningweg will swing by for the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. We recap all the things in the NFL this week, so stay tuned for that as well. Welcome in now. We're doing this experimentally. Andrew's on the other side of the glass. So if you see me looking into the abyss, that's because he's in the producer's studio. I'm on this side. Uh, but for those of you who've been paying attention, Andrew's been uh, a weekly contributor on this show, and he's also been doing a bunch of other things here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. But now he is the uh, full-time producer of this show, Nuana is now. And uh, so he's in the back producing the show, but he al- I also wanted to be on the show. So we're kind of trying this out. How you living, my man? You, you still tired from the weekend? Oh, yeah. Didn't didn't get near enough sleep. <laughs> we were both a couple minutes late to the morning meeting today. We uh, had a little 5 a.m. on Saturday night. It wasn't because we were having... I mean, we were having fun, but it wasn't that kind of 5 a.m. It was uh, staring at a computer, three grown men uh, in, in a circle, basically. But uh, travel time, logistics, all that aside, Andrew, uh, just your general takeaways from Saturday's game between Montana and Eastern Washington, because... Uh, you were saying on the drive home yesterday, you were contemplating. Is, is that the greatest game I've ever seen? Yeah, and I still don't have an answer because I've seen a lot of great football games. I will say for that game, just what an experience. I had never been to Cheney, never been to Eastern Washington to watch a game. And I love the whole experience of it, the drive over from Spokane as it was getting you know dark in the sunset, driving up and, and going through the tailgate in the parking lot in the dark and seeing the red field with the lights on it. I thought that was fun. I thought that was a, a cool stadium. It's definitely a unique stadium. I, it, just as I always argue that Michael Jordan did as much to ruin as to accentuate what we think of for all-time great athletes, Washington Grizzly Stadium and Bobcat Stadium did the same for Big Sky Conference stadiums. In other words, if you never went to Missoula or Bozeman for a football game, you wouldn't think of these gems, these meccas that are way more on par and way more alike a lot of the levels that are way above Montana, Montana State than their peers. If you were just analyzing Big Sky Stadiums through the lens of real Big Sky Conference football schools, Eastern Washington's venue is great. So is UC Davis's venue. Like, nice little 10,000, 11,000. So Utah's venue is pretty good, too. Like, Weber State, it's all good. Those are all good venues. They're just not Washington Grizzly Stadium. People are just spoiled when they get to go to that gem, right? Yeah, that's a great point. And... Of course, what helped was that the product on the field was just prime, just incredible to watch. Just great players making great plays back and forth. I mean, that's the best way I can describe it. I was thinking this, too, when you come to analyzing quarterbacks. Right now, in the Big Sky Conference, I think there's two trains of thought of what you do with your quarterback position, how important you want to, you, you, how important you want to make it that position. In other words, like at Idaho State, for example, has been trying to build their program around the quarterback first and foremost, 
and they've had a couple guys either be injury-prone or not be able to handle it or all, all of the above. Whereas you've seen schools like Weber State that have built it in spite of the quarterback. Montana State, in spite of the quarterback. But I think because there are sort of those two trains of thought, quarterbacks are either going to be in this league really, really good, like Eric Berry and Davis Alexander and maybe Hunter Rodriguez when he's healthy, maybe Matt McKay at Montana State look pretty darn good, or they're going to be really bad like everybody else. Because if you are trying to build around that guy and he's anything less than elite, he's just going to be put in a position to fail so often so it's going to skew what people actually think of him. I was also thinking this, though. The quarterback is one of the only spots where if you play with a lot of guts, a lot of heart, and you're pretty productive, even in a loss, people give you a lot of praise. There's a lot of praise around the Big Sky Conference for Davis Alexander coming out of last week's loss to Montana State for Portland State, but also uh, last year, I guess 2019 against the Grizzlies, like he got a ton of praise in that game, even though Montana won that game handily. They, there's always the, uh, well, this guy balled, but it's hardly that on the defensive side. I guess what I'm getting to is I thought that despite the fact that Montana comes back to Missoula with their first loss of the season, several guys on the Grizz defense played on par. I mean, as go- Eric Berry was phenomenal. I thought Jace Lewis was phenomenal. I thought Marcus Wellno was phenomenal. I thought Alex Gubner was phenomenal. I thought the, there was a lot of guys that played really, really, really good. And sometimes those defensive guys, they just don't get that shine when they're on the losing side of the of the, uh, the scoreboard. Yeah, they played really well. That's what was so great about this game because it came in, it was billed as the best offense in the country versus the best defense maybe in the country, that was what the whole narrative around this game was. And when you see something that's hyped up that much, part of you when you're actually walking into the stadium or walking through the tailgate, you start to feel a little doubt about it. You're like, it can't actually be this great matchup, right? Sure. Like, it's not going to live up to the billing. And it absolutely did. Montana's defense played great. They did everything that they wanted to do. They had Eastern's offensive line chasing ghosts for two and a half Three quarters, they were bringing pressure from everywhere. They were bringing fire blitzes, the zone blitzes. I mean, every third down, they were just bringing the defensive line, bringing the three linebackers right behind them, and getting to Barrier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Barrier and Eastern Washington's offense figured it out. Yep. Like, they didn't... The thing about Montana's defense is that it's so ferocious, and it's so fierce, and it's so overwhelming... A lot of the times that you can just get buried. Yep. And you have no way back in the game. So even though Eastern Washington was taking their lumps early, the big plays that they were hitting were allowing them not to get buried, to still feel like they were in it, to say, you know, just give me time and I'll figure this out. And I think both probably a lot of the coaches on the sideline were saying that. I think probably Eric Berrier was saying that in the huddle or on the sideline. And eventually they did. And that's what made it so great. Montana Football Hour here on Nuanez now on ESPN Missoula as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanez. He's Andrew Houghton. The Montana Football Hour is presented in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's has their summer clearance sale rolling. Summer may be setting, but savings are on the rise. They have more than 75 RV and boat brands to choose from. That's the largest inventory under the big sky. So swing on over to 4800 Grant Creek Road. Start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. Last thought on that. We get into the habit of asking coaches about adjustments. What did you change? A lot of times, a lot of coaches will take that and run with it all the time because they they 
secondarily want to give themselves credit all the time, even if it wasn't credit, right? But sometimes it just comes down to straight up making plays. And I don't even, you asked Aaron Best a great question about did they adjust pass predictions and stuff like that. I don't really think that they did adjust it as much as they realized, hey, we can't run these plays with a shifting pocket. We can't run these plays where he's rolling out because they're bringing pressure off the edge. They can set the edge. They basically said, Barrier, how tough are you? Can you stand right there in the middle of the defense? And if you can, I promise you, Talolo Limo Jones is going to get one step. All you got to do is huck it. I'm not even sure his eyes were open on a couple of those throws. But it wasn't even a, an adjustment as much as, yo, can you? do you have the fortitude to do this and make this throw? Yeah, and I think part of it also was Eric Barrier just adjusting to the speed of the game sure. in inside the game. Yep. Like we talk a lot about when players ascend a level when you go from college to the pros, the biggest thing is the speed of the game. And for these rookie quarterbacks that we're watching in the NFL right now, or, you know, for highly touted high school recruits coming up to college, sometimes it takes these guys a whole year, multiple years. Right. Because that's the biggest adjustment. Eric Berry did it in real time over the course of three and a half hours on Saturday. I mean, the first play of the game, he had a pocket. He had time. He just whistled a slant out in .5 seconds because I think he had, he had Montana's pass rush in the back of his mind. For sure. It was also very fascinating. I wonder, so this is the other thing. When you talk about the argument season, this is why I always find post or preseason, excuse me, predictions, prognostications so funny. Because you can do all the research you want on a team. First of all, you're never going to know the dynamic of a team, their chemistry, how much they get along, how much they like or dislike their coaches, whatever. But more than anything, though, you never know how the dynamic of the arc of a season, the momentum within a season, but also when someone cracks your code, who steals it next? In other words, where did Montana's pressure come from on Saturday? Almost exclusively on the interior, not on the edge, right? Part of that is because they were running these double A-gap blitzes over and over and over again. Eastern did such a good job of, A, helping with Patrick O'Connell off the edge, B, running stuff, specifically motions, to get O'Connell the one in the flat covering, which was a systematic breakdown by Montana. They should have figured out a way to get him out of that. I mean, he's athletic enough to run with skill players, but you still you want him in the box. You want him making tackles. You want him playing off the edge. But all that is to say that, you have to wonder what happens from here going forward. That was my number one question. The first question I asked Bobby Houck in the press conference today, and we'll share that with you later on this week. In college football, at the FBS level, when you lose, that's a, it, it affects and alters for the rest of the season your ultimate end goal. It's almost certain you're going to need help to get back to being in the national championship picture no matter who you are. At this level, hardly anybody goes undefeated. In fact, there's only been a few undefeated national champions ever in the FCS. So, most often, the way that you rebound from that one or that second loss defines the arc of your season. And so you wonder, from a schematic, from a tape, from a film perspective, who steals from Eastern Washington? Because, you know, Montana did. They rolled it up. They had five official sacks. I counted them for seven sacks. But Eastern still did mitigate it a little bit. Maybe that's the quarterback, whatever. But there's a lot of things that other teams can steal. So more than anything, though, more than the schematics of it all, the way that Montana bounces back from this, that's the key, right? Because they, they still have everything that they want and need out in front of them, um, particularly when it comes to the postseason and beyond. Yeah, but I think the issue here is that we're not going to see that for at least a couple of weeks. I mean, Montana State hosts Dixie State next week. 
Um, Montana State hosts Cal Poly. Montana, Montana ho- hosts Montana Dixie, Dixie State, State right. next week. Excuse me. You're right. I mean, we, we, there's nothing to take out of that game. It's like, oh, sure. they're they're not def- if, even if they're deflated, even if they're coming back and wanting to get revenge, they're gonna beat Dixie State, you know, 45 to seven anyway. I mean, really, their whole schedule after this is not very tough. Like, I don't know Which when. Which is just another reason why to get out of this league. But that's a different argument for a different day. We can talk about that later. But we're not really going to have a chance to see them against a team the caliber of Eastern Washington to really know what they took out of that game until the very, very, very end of the season. It's very I true. mean, maybe the Sac State game on October 16th. I don't know how good Sac State is. And Sac State's one of those teams who might be able to take something out of Eastern's game plan against Montana because they can throw it. They're going to have a good quarterback. They got Pierre Williams at wide receiver. So we'll see there. But after that, I mean, it's Idaho, Southern Utah, Northern Colorado, Northern Arizona. Those might be the the four worst teams in the league before you get to the Brawl of the Wild. So I think that'll be interesting, too. Just to see how much how much we're able to take out of those games. It's very true. Momentum is a strange thing too. That's the only thing Coach Alex is going to concentrate on these upcoming weeks is just building momentum, momentum, momentum. Go back to worry about the Grizzlies are worried about. A ton of coverage out of this Grizz game, of course it was because it's a top six matchup in the entire country. Those two schools flip flopped in the polls. By the way, Eastern comes in at number four, highest ranked Big Sky Conference team. Montana at number six. UC Davis, who remains undefeated, they're up to number seven. Montana State sits there at number 10 after their fourth straight victory. And Weber State comes in at number 19. Wildcats have a bye, so they got two weeks to get ready for the Bobcats coming down there. Bobcats got Cal Poly and Bozeman. So the next big showdown, akin to this one we were at on Saturday, happens in Ogden, Utah, Friday night, October 15th. That one will be on at least ESPN+. Plus. But maybe they move it up. We'll see. Montana Football Hour presented by Stackman Bank of Montana. A little bit more about the Bobcats and the rest of the Big Sky Conference upcoming. Montana Football Hour is presented in part by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference as a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana. Stockman Bank committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and neighbors. A look around the Big Sky Conference, some more commentary on Montana State. Here on Nuanas Now, don't change the channel. You're listening to ESPN Radio. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Oh my God. Oh my God.
Oh man, I remember when I was like seventh grade, our teacher, Hellgate Middle School, Miss Burke, shout out if there's any chance on earth that you're listening. Coolest teacher. She used to let us make mixtapes. I'm talking cassette tapes for the, the tape player. We could play whatever we wanted. The only caveat was it couldn't have swear words in it. Because of a couple older neighbors, uh, gangster rap and hardcore, uh, hard rock, heavy metal like Corn was brought to my life at a very young age. And uh, my best friend growing up, Austin Tutel, the younger brother of my former co-host of this show, Ryan Tutel, uh, he had a brother. Austin had a brother who's Ryan, six, seven years older than us. So we were in, in, introduced to some, you know, some albums with some parental advisory stickers that we would not have otherwise been able to get access to. So we used to have these clashes so you could make the best mixtape with the, the bad words edited out of it. So you'd have to press the, the stop record on the, the tape while you're making the mixtape off the CD. You could edit out the swear words. That then catered to us memorizing the words to all of these really... Uh, Risque is the wrong word, but uh, by in some, I guess, profane songs. That song, The Rockweiler by Method Man, it just reminds me of those good old days. How, shout out Hellgate Elementary, shout out Miss Burke, and shout out Austin Tutel. Hope you're having an awesome Monday. I'm telling Glory Days stories from seventh grade art class, so I'm obviously having a phenomenal Monday. This is Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Marching through the Montana football hour, about 10 minutes from Marty Morningweg, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. We'll go over all things NFL. But finishing up here on the Montana football hour, which is presented in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's right now has their summer clearance going on. Summer may be setting, but savings are on the rise. Brett's RV and Marine has been family owned and operated for more than 50 years. They have 75 different RV and boat brands to choose from, and they offer the largest inventory under the big sky. Swing on by 4800 Grand Creek Road. Start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. Let's look real quick around the uh, the rest of the big sky conference. Um, first and foremost, Andrew Houghton, Skyline Sports, ESPN Missoula, also rolling with us here on the Montana Football Hour. Riley Corcoran, he's at a Broncos game or something like that. But a couple of the other big sky results. First and foremost, Montana State, they pounded Northern Colorado 40-7. to We were uh, making it through Coeur d'Alene and uh, then stopping Coeur d'Alene to watch this game. There was uh, several touchdowns scored before we even got into the place we went to have lunch at. And then the portion of the second quarter we watched, the Bobcats looked stagnant. Northern Colorado was owning the day. But then they come up with a big stop and they get a score right before halftime. All of a sudden it's 27-7. to Bobcats cruised. I'm not trying to demean Northern Colorado that much, but Montana State won 40 to seven, and it seemed like it should have been more like 63 to seven. They had a ton of missed opportunities, but Northern Colorado is not that good. No, that was a little bit tough to watch, and we got there, like you said, during the best part of the game for Northern Colorado because we got there within five minutes. They scored their only touchdown in the game to cut the lead a little bit, and we were we were watching, and we were like, oh. Maybe this will turn into a game because Northern Colorado coming off a win against Northern Arizona the week before. And then after that, it was just all Montana State just avalanche them. That Montana State defense is really good. That's what really I took good. away from it because this is the first time I'd watched them for an extended period of time. 
Montana's defense is so good because they have so many mean dudes that go so hard. And that's not to demean their talent because they do have good talent, but Montana State has a couple elite talents, and especially at positions that are so hard to find those elite talents at. Like, I think Chase Benson is just the most talented and just best, toughest interior D lineman in the, in the entire league. Hey, Helena Montana guy playing nose there for the Bobcats. So you're right, the Bobcat defense is talented. A lot more about the Bobcats later on this week. We're going to be joined by Justin Udy, who's had a fascinating tenure there at MSU. Brought in to replace Matt Miller as Montana State's offensive coordinator. Then he was there for a year without coaching a game because of the COVID. And then Choate leaves. Jeff Choate leaves. And then Udy's retained, but I don't want to say demoted, but reassigned to coach wide receivers and a new offensive coordinator. And Taylor Housewright comes in ahead of him. And a offensive coach in Brent Vegan comes in ahead of him. That's all to say... UD's wide receiver group at Montana State performing well. They're uh, exceeding their pro- production level of the last several years. How couldn't you? Montana State hasn't thrown the ball much. But still, be interesting to catch up with Coach UD as part of our Catching Up with the Cats series later on this week. A couple other results from around the Big Sky. Uh, UC Davis, they rallied to beat Idaho. Portland State got it out a one-touchdown win against at Southern Utah, which is a tough place to play even when SUU is down. NAU thrashed Idaho State. We're going to come back to that one in a minute. Weber State goes into their bye week with a victory, uh, dispatching of Cal Poly pretty easily. And then, of course, Eastern Washington over Montana, Montana State over Northern Colorado. Andrew, we were also following the Idaho State NAU game. You were in Pokey the last couple years, Pocatello, working at the Idaho State Journal. So you know this team as well as any team in the league. Uh, this is, this is uh, what's the right word? They're sounding the alarm right now and Pocatello, right? I mean, this is not the start Idaho State envisioned, and uh, the, the exclamation point is going to Flagstaff and getting whipped by a, a not-good NAU team. And by NAU's, like, third-string quarterback, too. Right, because Keon Wookte, the Oklahoma State transfer, we don't know what happened to him, but he is out, and then their second guy is out as well. Jeff right? Widener didn't Jeff play Widener, either. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's not not good in Pocatello right now. This is a team that came in with some expectations after a pretty decent spring season. I don't, I don't really know how to say it. I mean, I like Rob Fennessey as a coach. The one thing that I have seen from Rob Fennessy in my couple of years of covering them is that when things start going downhill, that staff and that team cannot turn it around, or they really struggle with turning it around. Oh, no question. And that's one last point. Th- to make this come full circle here on the Montana Footballer, thank you for leading the, the horse, or I guess in this case, the bison to water. The, the number one thing I wanted to say about the Eastern Washington-Montana game is I think that in the Big Sky Conference, there's certainly disparity in resources and um, facilities, investment in football, coaches, and talent, and players. But I think that the hierarchy and the stratification of the Big Sky Conference is more consistently defined by the attitude and ability to understand what it takes to win in the league. And the, the number one factor in why Montana fell out of that was they forgot, and now they're starting to remember. Weber State learned how to do it and then kept doing it. Montana State, Eastern Washington, those two teams have known how to win better than anybody in, over the last decade uh, in the league. But And even though Montana did take a step out of that, they still were among the most winning teams in the league. But they're supposed to be the team that's the most winning if you talk about utilizing all the other advantages that everybody talks about. But Idaho State, for so long, the number one thing that's eluded them is having the sense of belief that they're going to win. It's so hard to hone in and to figure out. And that's where Eastern Washington deserves all the credit in the world. Aaron Best said it. Somebody asked him about the roller coaster ride that that game was. He goes, bro, I coached at Eastern Washington. 
The whole thing is a roller coaster ride. That's what we do. We go down three touchdowns, and then we come storming back. We're just up and down and up and down and up and down. And uh, that's what I would say defines Eastern Washington. You can talk about the quarterbacks and the talented receiver and the high-powered offense. At the end of the day, they know if they have the football last or they have opportunities in the fourth quarter, they are going to win more often than not, and it's almost a guarantee when they're at home. And uh, I think that's the difference. I think that Eastern Washington has been the premier school in the Big Sky Cowboys for the last 10 years because of more than anything, their ability to understand how to win. Yeah, it's such a big thing. And Eastern Washington was down 21-10 in the third quarter. Eric Berrier throws a pick. Montana has the ball on the Eastern Washington 40-yard line. I mean, that's the moment there where it could have snowballed. And Eastern Washington comes back, and the defense holds strong. They block the kick. They immediately go down and score. It's just like, here's the moment in the game where if things keep going the way that they're going, they're going to lose, but they still have a chance to win. And they they figured that out, and they had the belief in themselves, like you said. Anyway, I've never seen that at Idaho State. I think, you know, there's some excuses there with Idaho State because they were missing their starting quarterback and Tyler Vanderwall, sure. of course. But everybody's missing their starting quarterback, right? This is the biggest story around the league the week this week for me. I think we're starting to see the start of, like, the triage season. I mean, Northern Arizona won without their starting quarterback. UC Davis, who's a top-10 team in the country, their starting quarterback, Hunter Rodriguez, is out, and suddenly they're struggling to win against Idaho. It's going to be the story of this season, like you said, especially in the big sky. It's just such a, a salary cap league almost. When your top guy goes down, the replacement is not always up to par or up to that level, and that determines so much of who wins and who has a successful season. Last thing we got to get you out on here is what's going on with the guys that probably won't be available moving forward. We were informed before the press conference began at Montana today that there will be no questions about injuries. There will not be any responses about questions for injuries. That's how you're going to deal with it. That's great. I'm going to tell you what I saw. I'm not going to diagnose anybody with anything, but I'll tell you exactly what I saw and who went where and who didn't come back. Cam Humphrey went out the last couple plays of the game. Montana senior quarterback. Uh, that's about as much information as I can report right now. He did not come back in the game. I do not expect him to uh, come back moving forward in the immediate future. I absolutely guarantee you, you will not see him on Saturday. We'll get more for you as it becomes available. Gabe Solser was knocked out of the game in the first half. He did not return. Joe Babros was ap- uh, absent of the starting lineup and did not play. Gavin Robertson did not play. So Joe Babros, a senior defensive end. Gavin Robertson, a senior safety. Uh, Robertson is ill. He will return. Babros could be back before the end of the year, but he is out indefinitely. He's wearing a walking boot. Colton Kites, nowhere to be found. Uh, still working on a c- confirmation on that, but Colton Kites did not make the trip to Eastern Washington. He was not in the starting lineup. Uh, senior guard from, I guess, junior guard, eligibility-wise, from Missoula Big Sky, fourth-year junior, or fifth-year junior. I don't know. I'm so confused. Andrew has something on this. Not on Kites. I was going to say the other one was that uh, Frank Agol at the Missoulian reported that the guy who replaced Joe Babros to Harry Todd also left the game, didn't come back. That I actually, he did come back. I mm. saw this last night. I was watching this. So he did come back a little bit, but he was definitely hobbled up as well. So we'll keep you up to date on all that stuff. We're not going to get much specifics, but I can tell you right now that I would not expect to see Cam Humphrey or Gabe Solser in the immediate future. Still working on what's going on with Colton Kintz as well. This has been the Montana Football Hour here on ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas here on Nuanas Now. We do the Montana Football Hour, the first hour of every Monday show, giving you the best 
from around the state of Montana and the Big Sky Conference for the weekend that was. It's presented in part by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank has 36 locations. They're only in Montana. It's run for Montanans by Montanans. Let Stockman's Bank show you Montana's brand of banking today. One of your favorite guys, one of my favorite guys, Marty Morningway. He's in the studio. He's in the house for the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 